That should not be a problem for Christians. But, the, the, but greed is actually the problem today because people actually associated greed with capitalism or greed with, uh, with Christianity today. And it's not the same. Welcome to the Together podcast. It's a conversation about faith, justice, and how to help change the world. I'm Anna, and today I'm with Adam. Hello, waving noises. That's for the waving audio noises. Listeners. Yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> so it is me and Adam for a couple of these summer episodes. But in this episode, we'll be hearing from Emmanuel Morangira, the country director for Tear Fund Rwanda and Burundi. I actually didn't interview Emmanuel, contrary to what I normally do, um, but it was our Scotland colleague, Bee, who some of you guys might have met if you live in Scotland. So she will be sharing more about Emmanuel's strengths of faith, peace, reconciliation, development, poverty, and what faith looks like in the global marketplace. So it's going to be super exciting. I think it's going to be a really good one for if you care about business and the economy and what that means for faith and development. But before we hear from them, it is time for our link up section. This is where we link up the intersection of faith and justice and hear from one of you or someone new. So Adam, great to have you on the link up section. Good to be here. You've been on it before, but you've been chat. You've you know it's been when I've been getting to know you and Sadiq when we first all started working together. So this is your time to shine. (laughs) And you guys can't see this, but Adam has set up two cameras, and one of them is just on him. Yeah, directly pointed at me. The the main event, as I would like to call myself. Yeah, the main event is actually Emmanuel and his interview. Um, But let's just say Adam knows when to take his limelight and enjoy it. You know, I'm actually doing him a disservice. He's a very, very humble man. Um, It just so happens that this is how the cameras are set up. Spoiler alert, Adam. We're going to ask Emmanuel the same question as I'm just about to ask you. If the world was just made of clones of you, what do you think it would be like? It's a good question, yeah. Um, In terms of, like, food and in terms of, like, what what it would look like and things. Yeah, whatever you want to go for. It would be vegetarian or vegan, I guess. Because I think, like, a big part of... That's such a vegan answer as well, isn't it? <laughs> uh, and I just ate something with chocolate in it, so I'm not really a very good vegan anyway. But I've, but part of the problem with being, especially trying to eat more vegan stuff, is that there's so many things that I know about before I was trying to eat vegan things. But if everybody was vegan, they would all be vegan. So like, if there would be good alternatives, and there are lots of good alternatives mm. for vegan stuff, but they're difficult to come by sometimes and more expensive sometimes and things like that so yeah it would be vegan because then it, that would uh, solve a lot of problems hopefully I don't know. I've always wanted an electric car since I was very young so hopefully there'll be electric cars which maybe is just the future as well so um, but you don't that. have an electric car I don't right have now. an electric car no. so if those claims of you it would be yeah, we want, we want electric cars, yeah, yeah. yeah you're right, who drive, <laughs> who drive uh, their Nana's old car, it's my, it's my current car. That's cute, um, does that have a name? Uh, no, it doesn't, it has lots of dents and it has mould, uh, yeah, so oh, that's the kind of level of... <laughs> that's funny, funny tangent story, my mum um, 
got my parent, my grandparents' car, um, and basically my grandparents like crashed the car at some point. Well, they didn't crash it. There's like a dent in yeah. it. But one time, mum was trying to park, and there was these like people around her like giving her loads of instructions, and she couldn't work out why everyone was like trying to help her. And it's only when she got out that she saw the dent that she realised that people must just think yeah. she's a terrible driver. You know, say if it's about my nana's driving, but I the car I had before this was far more dented than that was with me so uh, <laughs> that's not uh, yeah. you know a story yeah. that lives rent free in my head is that time that you went to Cambridge to interview someone for our Just Together series if nice. you haven't done it yeah. just that promo and then you what did you do you like were on a void uh, yeah. you just smashed your I was so excited like I went to Cambridge for <laughs> this, there wouldn't be any electric scooters in the clone version uh, of my have world have you cancelled uh, yeah I'm, I'm done with wow. electric scooters um yeah, I went on an electric scooter for the first time and I've been on one before. And I was excited to go to Cambridge because they had the electric scooters and they had... It was at the time where McDonald only had the Mook plant in certain stores. Right. So I was excited to do both of those yeah. things. And yeah, I, the, my phone fell out of the carrier on the on the scooter and then it got run over by a truck before some nice man saved it, but didn't save it. Yeah, there wouldn't be any electric scooters. That would be fun. There'll be lots of electric skateboards. I like electric skateboards, so I'm not consistent. (laughs) So, right, a world made of you is going to have electric skateboards, vegans, and... Did we get any further than no, that? No, lots of dogs. I really want a dog. I know you don't like dogs. I'm not going to I'm not listening as well. Um, Yeah, I really want a dog, so that's that's a big thing on my mind right now, um, is as soon as I can, get a dog, so... Yeah, there'll be dogs everywhere. Okay, interesting. But thank you very much, Adam. If you're listening at home and want to submit a question of your own, head to the at we are Fun page on Instagram and send us a DM. We love to hear your questions and your thoughts and let us know what kind of world you would live in if it was just made about you. But now it's time for our next section, the plug-in. Welcome to our plug-in section, uh, where we plug in uh, about what's going on around the world, offering a perspective based on our faith. In a minute, Emmanuel uh, is going to talk about um, Kigali, a city in Rwanda, uh, being one of the cleanest cities in Africa. So let's chat through some nations that are doing clean cities well, and maybe some that aren't doing as well. Like, there's been a lot in the UK about plastic bans, and you have to pay... I didn't even... Is it still 5p for a plastic bag? I don't... I try not to buy them, so I never really... Might be 10p now. Yeah, it might be 10p. And you, like, a lot of them sell those, like, more durable ones for, like, 20p or, like, a pound, those bag for life kind of things. So I think there's definitely... There's been, even in our relatively short lives, there's been a lot of change in, in, like, plastic bags and, you know... But I think there's still a, a... a good way to go you still get plastic straws in some places i think even even though they're supposedly like ban the ban doesn't cover every use and every organization basically so yeah. you definitely still see plastic straws around yeah, yeah. I we've made steps forward but there are mm-hmm. definitely countries also doing far more than than we've done in the uk as well i think yeah i definitely think there's many countries doing way more it's interesting about plastic straw ban because i was looking it up um and Starbucks have said that they... So Starbucks have one plus billion straws per year worldwide, plastic straws. Um, and as their solution, uh, this was like for 2020, so it's probably already passed, um, but they were planning to replace their straws with plastic strawless lid things right. called a sippy cup. But actually these lids 
are made of more polypropylene. Yeah, yeah. How do you say that? Polypropylene. Propylene? I don't know. I'm not a scientist. Okay, guys, Some I'm kind gonna, of plastic. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get this wrong. These lids are made of more polypropylene than a plastic straw. So... Yeah, yeah but do you have to it, question yeah. the changes there? Well, I think plastic. that was like the thing that a lot of people said when the government banned, banned plastic straws is that plastic straws are like... I think they, they did it in reaction to a campaign and things and people have probably seen... I don't know if you've seen it, like that video of like the, the turtle and they pull the straw out. You've anything. never seen that? There's, it was a big video, like, um, might have been like a decade ago now, of people like rescuing this... Um, this turtle from plastic pollution it was a straw in that case but there's so many other things like these lids like you know mm. even like um disposable cups and stuff that are lined with plastic and things that are you know almost as bad which is why where we see other countries um banning you know all single-use plastics i think that's a better approach than just um the cynic in me would maybe say that they banned straws because that was the what, the, what the public was so focused on mm, um, interesting yeah so plastic straws are seven percent of total global plastic waste it's a lot like if you think about it that's a that's a crazy amount just on straws. something that really you don't need yeah like, <laughs> i think i just use a straw because it's there rather yeah. than because i actually yeah. need it I, I get angry like i i ain't not angry it annoys me when even they give me like a paper straw like unless it's like a yeah drink there from, can be like uh, plastic inside of that yeah paper straw yeah as well. And yeah, it's just even if it's paper straw, I don't need that like waste. If yeah. can, like in a restaurant, particularly things like that, I don't particularly yeah. want a, a plastic straw or, or a paper straw. Mm. But yeah, uh, yeah, I think it is. I think I can be quite cynical about different change, and I think every bit of change that we're making does all contribute to like a wider, like systemic change. So it is good. But I think I was talking to someone actually about this yesterday about how we've made such a big focus on individual lifestyle choices as what will change climate, like, what will stop the climate crisis. And although it's important, like, we still need to be talking about the fact that corporations and, like, the government is still, like, UK government is still investing in fossil fuels. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's just such a huge issue. But I think it's, like, both and. And I guess in the same way, like, yeah, it's really terrible. And it is that, like, loads of animals are facing, like, so much, like, plastic and pollution when they're swimming around um, or, like, on their land and stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, like, the reason we also care about the climate crisis is because of the nations and people on the front lines when it comes to, like, disasters. Yeah. So I think let's be a both and. Let's let's talk about yeah. the good things as <laughs> yeah. well. So, Adam, what are some of the good things that countries are doing to tackle plastic pollution? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, like, um, bans going around. And so some countries are going for, like, bans on um, plastic bags or bans on, you know, single-use cutlery or things like that. So Rwanda is the world's first plastic-free nation in 2009. Um, and then 10 years later, so 2019, introduced a ban on all plastic bags and plastic packaging. I guess the thing that's really serious about this is anyone who is caught with a plastic item faces a jail sentence of up to six months. And there's actually other nations as well. So yeah. Kenya has a plastic bag ban. Um, and if you are found producing, selling, or even just carrying a plastic bag, you could face up to four years imprisonment or a fine of thirty one thousand UK pounds. Obviously, it's in um, like Kenya. Yeah, but yeah, money. that's pretty pretty crazy. Like, if, I I don't know what the what the rules are in the UK, but I don't like. I don't know. Would you? Do you think you would actually get punished for 
you know, selling people's straws in the yeah. UK, I doubt it, but like it seems that other places are taking it more seriously. And maybe they're taking it more seriously because they see the impact it's having more, yeah. whereas we kind of just hide it by sending it off yeah. to, to other places. But I think when we don't know the consequence, people won't change. Like, I think people are saying, like, economically, the reason why there's less compassion about the climate crisis and, like, seeing change is because it affects, you know, the the narrative is it affects future generations. So why should you have to do something now that is going to save someone else later? And I feel like families are more likely to because they see their kids. The thing is that, one, is affecting everyone across the world right now. But two, we should care even if it doesn't. You know, it's that whole thing of, like, we should care even if it doesn't come and hit us first. Yeah, I think there's so many things that you could just be like, oh, let's not bother doing. Because, like, you know, there's a lot of things, like, we shouldn't build new roads or new, like, hospitals or things because chances are we might not use those new things, but Mm. generations in the future will use those things. You know, there's a lot of things like that that maybe aren't, you know, people have worked for their entire lives and they don't see the end result of them happening as mm-hmm. research and things, but it goes to help. Yeah. Norway is doing well. So Norway is also in one of the top 10. So all the nations we're mentioning are in top 10 nations. The UK is not one of them. But Norway has seen... So an impressive 97% of Norway's plastic bottles have been returned for recycling since their scheme began in 2014, which is great. And there's more than 3,500 reverse vending machines and over 11,500 collection points across the nation to encourage residents to recycle. I think that's a thing in a lot of um, like the Scandinavian or Northern European countries. I know they, they certainly have it in some cities in Denmark. They have the, like the return policies, which I think is good. Another thing about um, I guess Norway as well is the, like the uptake of electric cars as well. Mm. And if we're talking about cleanliness of cities and things... I think plastic pollution is one thing but also air pollution is another thing there was um a case let's see if i can find it of a a girl in london actually who who died her name was ella um, a nine-year-old girl who died and the coroner said that the pollution from the main road that she lived nearby was a contributing factor to her death like and and it's even i mean L- london has its problems but um particularly um, certain cities in like India and things, breathing the air is equivalent to, you know, smoking a certain number of cigarettes and things. Yeah. So it can have a real impact on people's lives just living mm. in the cities. So yeah, places like Norway and like Scandinavian countries or and and a lot of countries um, with the like the slow uptake or yeah. increasingly quick uptake of electric cars. But again that's a that's a a very um, or it's, it's it's accessible to people with mm. relative wealth. So, yeah, there needs to be a, a, a way of getting that to happen in, in other countries where they might not have the economic means to, to buy Teslas and things like that because they're very expensive. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And then another nation yeah. we wanted to highlight is Peru. So this is actually such a tragic statistic. Um, at the world-famous Machu Picchu, which is actually where my brother is on his honeymoon, wow. um, tourists were producing an average of 14 tonnes of solid waste per wow. day, much of it being plastic tons. bottles and single-use packaging. So Peru has banned single-use plastics in 76 of their natural and cultural protected areas, which is really good. 
But yeah, it just goes to say, like, I think two things I'm thinking of. If you get a coffee cup and it says recycle, like, you can recycle, like, actually recycle mm. it. Or, like, there's even compostable ones, but people don't then compost yeah, it. Yeah. Um, or just bring your keep cup. I yeah. have mine. Duh. I've got mine somewhere else. Well. <laughs> um, to be honest, I don't always use my keep cup, so I need two more. Yeah. And, and a lot of places thing, will give you, like, money off your coffee if you take a keep yeah, cup as well. So, yeah. I think that's really where, like, busyness comes in, though. Like, if you're not. You know, if you don't pack yeah. it, then it, or you're in a rush, yeah. then often you'll pay yeah. stuff. The other thing I was thinking about is, yeah, if you're on holiday, bring your water bottle. Yeah. A man who's going to be interviewed just has way more to say about um, Kigali being plastic free and also what development looks like um, in his work in Rwanda. So, without further ado, I hope you enjoy the interview. Welcome to the We Are Tearfun podcast. Today I am B, and I am coming to talk to you from the wonderful Glasgow in Scotland with my friend Emmanuel. Emmanuel has come to join us all the way from Rwanda. Um, he works for Tearfun, but I will let you, Emmanuel, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, thank you, B. Uh, my name is Emmanuel Morangira. Um, I work for Tearfun in Rwanda. I'm a country director and I've been working for Tearfund for the last 14 years. Amazing. And I'm based in Kigali, the capital of Rwanda. Nice. You have been working 14 years, 10 more years longer than me. That means you've been working very hard for Tearfund. Maybe very hard. I Maybe guess. very hard. I think you've been working very hard. Yeah. You're also a part-time lecturer, is that correct? Yes, that is yeah. correct. Yeah, and yes. what do you teach as your lecturer? So I teach practical theology. Uh -huh. Uh, at one of the pastoral training institute. Uh -huh. uh, it's called the East African Christian College. Nice. Yeah. So you've got lots of wisdom, lots to teach us today? Uh, we it say depends. Yes. It depends. <laughs> I say yes, for sure. Yeah. So, Emmanuel, you are also an international speaker on faith, peace, reconciliation and development, looking at poverty and faith in the global marketplace. Yeah. So basically, we are so blessed, so delighted to have you join our We Are Tearfin community today. Now, as you may have already recognized, we are a young community. Yes. We are the emerging generation, and we like a bit of fun. Are you up for that? Oh, yes, absolutely. Good. He's just come off a very long flight that was massively delayed, and now I'm putting you through all this. I love your attitude and that you're up for this. So if the world was made of clones of you, so that's lots of yous, yes. what do you think it would look like? Do you think there would be more food, more entertainment, more ideas or values? More food, more, more entertainment, food. maybe because I like food, more entertainment, uh, and a bit chaotic, but nice. I like that. <laughs> more food. What food do you like? Favorite food? Uh, well, I like, my favorite food is Italian. So okay. I like Italian food. Unfortunately, I can't have a lot of it anymore because I'm diabetic, ah. but I do enjoy Italian food, mainly lasagna. Oh, that is a great one. Lasagna is a top choice there. Yeah. I'm agreeing you. I like a lot of ice cream, but that's probably... Oh. I know. And I live in Scotland, and it's raining a lot today, but still, no matter how cold it is, I'm always up for the ice cream. Don't know why. Yeah. Um, love that. So, if there was a movie you could watch over and over again without getting tired of it, what movie would it be? Uh, what movie would it be? Treading Places. Ah. What's that about? I don't even know this film. Trading Places is about uh, is about a man who was a baker, mm -hmm. 
and then he becomes an executive of a company okay. because some rich guys were playing games with him. Okay. So I'd love that. I mean, I like that because a poor person changes into a wealthy person, and yeah. that's what I work for. Yes, oh, look, this is something we need to watch then, is that right? Yes, you absolutely. It? How many stars would you give it on Netflix? It's hilarious, so okay. I would give it four stars. It's four very stars. entertaining. Okay, we'll it's by the, it's got Eddie Murphy in it, so it's, it's a good, good. one. Good, yeah. love that. Okay, what food is delicious but annoying to eat? I've already got one in my head. Uh, curry. Curry? Yes. Yes, there you go, why? Uh, because sometimes it can be very hot, very so, hot. so it makes your nose run when you're eating okay. it. Yeah. This is good. But it's very delicious. Okay, so it's yeah. worth it. Yes. Good. I was going to go with spaghetti because it's very messy, but then you like Italian, so uh, I didn't want to offend. Yeah, well, it's a bit messy, yeah, but it's nice, yeah. <laughs> I love that. So as we know, you are all about development. That is what you do working for TIFF and in Rwanda. What is, for those people that are listening today, what is development and how would you describe it? Development. Um, so develop, I, I believe development is, uh, is helping a person move from one, one stage in life into another one or change the, uh, the way they live into a different way. Uh, a better way to live, uh, helping a poor person become wealthier than they were before, that to me is development. Mm -hmm. yep. Super helpful, thank you. Um, now we're all listening to this spread out across the world, many of us are most probably in the UK, I don't know, listening in our bedrooms, on a run, whatever. We are not in Rwanda. Will you tell us a bit about Rwanda and the context in Rwanda and what are your, some of your favorite things about the wonderful country? Well, Rwanda is, uh, is a small country uh -huh. at the center of Africa. Okay. And um, it's, it's not very big, but it's quite mountainous. So if you were to spread all the mountains, it probably would become very big if that was possible. Um, <clears throat> It's also a very beautiful country. It's green most of the time. And uh, we do have quite a lot of rain, just mm -hmm. like Scotland. Uh, at times, too much of it. Um, and then uh, when there is sun, it, the sun also shines very hot at times as well. Not like Scotland, that No, bit. not no. like Scotland. <laughs> Actually, uh, in some Sometimes you've got some, you've got bright sun, but the heat is fake. But it's it's uh, nice. Um, but Rwanda is uh, is also an interesting country because uh, 28 years mm -hmm. ago we had a devastating genocide yep. that killed almost a million people. Mm -hmm. um, but it re Rwanda recovered from that. It's mm -hmm. a growing country. It's uh, it's not a very wealthy country. But it also has one of the cleanest cities in Africa. Kigali is one of the cleanest cities in Africa. Mm -hmm. um, it's plastic free. I mean, at least single use plastic. Uh, wow. They don't litter uh, in every place. So it's a, it's a beautiful place to be in. But there are still poor people in Rwanda. Yeah. There's still poverty in Rwanda. But, you know, yeah, that's the, that's the, place where I work and that's the place where I live but it's still a beautiful country I love it very very much nice yeah. it sounds stunning I'm loving the hill chat do you do much hill walking 
No. <laughs> no, me neither. Okay, they call them Monroes in Scotland. You won't catch me yep. at one of those, not your thing. But Only when I have to. Only when you have to. That's yes. fair enough. Okay. Yeah. And I'm imagining flattening all the hills and the country, like, growing, like, four times the size or something. That's a great you, image. You'd get to Iceland. Okay, there you go. And I also, do you know what? Hearing that they're plastic-free, isn't that amazing? Some people would say the UK mm -hmm. might um, be seen as having more wealth or more resources mm -hmm. than Rwanda, yet we can't seem to get to that place in any way of going plastic-free. And knowing that you are, that's incredible. Like, Well, I, I, I think it was a matter of survival for yeah. us uh, because we are a small country. It's very easy to fill the entire country with plastics. Yeah. Choking, choking our land, our soils, our water resources, killing our livestock, yeah. and, uh, and eventually wiping, off, wiping us off the face of the earth. So we, it was a choice. We had to make a choice to uh -huh. go plastic-free, at least single-use plastic, yeah. because we still, can, we still need some household items uh -huh, that are uh -huh. made of plastics and all that, but at least those are not single-use. They yeah. They're not just thrown all over the place. Yeah. 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 And although it's a necessity, like it shows that you can do that, like that's a choice that people need to make in, for necessity for purpose, for yes. saving countries, lives, creation, yeah. and yeah. all the rest of it. That's really, really helpful. Thank you. Now, you've given us a bit of context about Rwanda, what things look like in your country, that it is beautiful, but there is need and there is poverty. What would you say um, the church looks a little bit like in your country? So the, that's the very interesting part of life in our country. Yeah. Um, so Rwanda is generally a Christian country, so okay. to speak, um, with, uh, you know, with about 90, 93% probably Christian. Mm -hmm. um, most of the charismatic churches and the Protestant churches, actually Protestant churches have an influence from, um, they, they were mostly influenced by a revival that took place yeah. in way back before I was born. I'm old, but it was way back before you I was born. You are not in the, old, Emmanuel. Well, that's 1936. Okay. My parents were not even married by then. Yeah. So, uh, and, um, the, so the, the East African revival did impact the, the Rwandan church very much. So there is quite a lot. The, it's, it's really, all the, most of the Protestant churches will have charismatic shades. And... Um, if you, a typical church service in Rwanda will begin with singing and dancing and, uh, you know, very high pitch, uh, high pitch music and people worshipping. Yes. Uh, so that's the kind of, uh, that's the kind of uh, church that I go to. Right. Um, the, it's, it begins with young people worshipping and singing and uh, playing, you know, playing all sorts of yeah. instruments and uh, jumping up and down and dancing and raising their hands and all that. Then we, some parts of the service would be traditional. Mm -hmm. In some churches, they still wear robes and all that, but they're still... They, they still uh, they still have a charismatic touch. Yeah. yeah. So that's the church service. Uh, but church life again is uh, is about people go to church, but people uh, people uh, but people also belong to churches. In cities, people would go to churches that are slightly far from them. In uh, in rural areas. The, the, it's still a parish kind of connection, so people would be connected to their local church. They would serve in their church as deacons, as uh, 
you know, a number of other roles that they would do, yeah. Yeah, wow. You need to bring some of that dancing and some of that joy to the UK church services. That's what I want to see. So you need to get all these people into Rwanda to learn the dancing and the singing and then bring them back to the UK. Can you just not show us yourself? Can you not give us a wee dance today, Emmanuel? Then you won't be able to dance Uh, again. (laughs) Then you might not like it. You might not come (laughs) because I'm not good at it. I love it. Sounds amazing. And obviously you've spoke a little bit about the Rwandan genocide and things, but what would you say are the injustices that you work on in Rwanda as country director? Well, the, the, in a poor context like Rwanda, there will be a lot of injustices. Mm-hmm. And we, we have, for instance, cases of uh, uh, gender and sexual-based violence. Yep. So these are some that we work on. And uh, we've been using an approach called transforming masculinity, okay. getting people to actually understand what it means yeah. to be to be masculine, to be a man, and uh, you know, and the difference that yeah. it makes when you begin to understand that—that uh-huh. that it's not all about you know being oppressive and being um, and and being violent and 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 being macho and all that. So uh, that's one. That's on a micro on a micro level, the family level, the church level, and all that. But there are also other injustices. Yeah. I mean, they the these they. Land issue, uh, land issue, uh, inheritance, and things like those that we work on. The there are quite a lot of uh, in in a, in a poor context. There's quite a lot of injustice happening to people. But the biggest injustice actually is is poverty itself. Yeah. Poverty is an injustice to people mm-hmm. in a world of plenty. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, and I believe that that's an injustice that we can end. Yeah. Um, there is also another thing is that the, 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 there is something that is actually emerging as a great, great injustice to people. Okay. The poor are now in double jeopardy because they are affected by climate change, okay, something yeah. that they haven't done. Uh-huh. The, they are not responsible for climate yeah. change. Mm-hmm. There is not a single thing that they have done to affect the climate, mm-hmm. yet the, it's affecting them. Even those who are emerging from poverty are sliding back into poverty mm-hmm. because of climate change. They can no longer produce more food. They can no longer mm-hmm. do, they can no longer, you know, they, they, are land, they, they are affected by landslides and floods and droughts and, uh, and all sorts of things. Yeah. So there is climate injustice all okay. over the place, and yet they cannot even get... Uh, involved in making policies yeah. that protect their climate. Yeah. yeah, that's really, really interesting. It's something that a lot of people in our We Are Tearfin community that will be listening today are really, really passionate about and seeing climate change, the emergency um, put a stop to. And it's really interesting because we talk about so much poverty and can, how can we help people help themselves out of poverty. But there's also something about being advocates and activists, yeah. isn't there? And being talking to our governments and saying, you know, we didn't make these decisions of what is happening to our world. You can make a big difference and yeah. help um, yeah, stop extreme climate change. And it's really interesting that yeah, you can hear how that's affecting people, even if we can't fully see that ourselves. Yeah. It's really helpful insight. Um, you teach theology, as we've mentioned. Can you give us some examples of good development practices um, in the Bible for us to learn from? Well, the, the Bible, the whole of the Bible is about development. Mm-hmm. 
Because the Bible talks about, the, the Bible begins with creation. The, 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 when, when God says, let us create a human being in our own image, and let, us, let them have dominion, let them look after the rest of creation, that in itself, that, that is where development begins. Yeah. But it goes beyond that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible talks about justice for the poor. It talks about justice for the widow, for the orphans, for, for all those who cannot actually fend for themselves. Yeah. Um, we have a tendency of focusing on some of the negative nuances in the Bible, and especially those that, are very, that, those that have cultural underpinnings. Yeah. But the, the Bible actually talks about... The Bible actually talks about well-being in many places more than in places where we can criticize the way people of the Bible lived in those days. One of the scripture that actually stands out for me and that has impacted my life so much was when the apostles were actually going, to, uh, Peter and John yeah. were in, in Acts chapter 3, were going, were going to prayer. And, uh, and there was a man seated there who was brought there every day at a gate called Beautiful, a gate that he'd never gotten to get in. They pass there, they look at him, and they tell him, you know, gold or silver we do not have, but we will give you what we have. But they didn't stop there. They got him up. They held his hand. They walked with him into the church. That, to me is what we actually do, yeah. is going out there and saying, we, we might not have so much, but we will give you what we have, mm. and we will hold your hand and bring you into, into the temple. We will bring you before God. Mm-hmm. You know, it, That is our life poured out yeah. for the salvation of the other. So that, that really is what development is. And, and that's not where the Bible stops. It talks about, it talks of the, throughout the Bible, the Bible talks about being there for the others. In Corinthians, Paul talks about people actually could, contributing money to support another church. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what our, supposed, our supporters have done in, um, in, in, in the United Kingdom in, and other places. Collected, collected money to support some of the work that we do. And that is the work that brings people before God. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. That's really, really helpful. Some real gold in there. Now, um, often there can be anti-business mindset in some churches, especially when it comes to capitalism um, and charity work. How do you think those two align? Unfortunately, Capitalism has come to mean has come to mean greed, mm-hmm. and that is the expression that we see of cap- capitalism today. But capitalism, as it was, or the thinking behind capitalism, was about people investing and getting returns on their investment, and that is completely different from what it is today. Mm-hmm. So that should not be a problem because God guarantees us a return on what we invest. That should not be a problem for Christians. But, the, the, but greed is actually the problem today because people actually associated greed with capitalism or greed with, uh, with Christianity today. And it's not the same. It's not the same. And what greed breeds is a worship of money, 
what capitalism does is I have invested and God has blessed me and I will give on to gold. Mm -hmm. You know, I will, I will bring my tithe and offering so that in, my, in, the, in God's house there will be food. That's what the Bible says. Yeah. yeah. So God created us to be there for the rest of creation. Yeah. And the Bible tells us that and, and, and our faith, all our faith is about heaven, is about future, a future with God. And it is hinged on what we do on this earth. In Corinthians, in, uh, in, uh, in Matthew chapter 25, it talks about I was hungry and you gave me food. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was naked and you clothed me. And those are the people who actually will see the kingdom of heaven, people who do that. You know, people who do that. And that's, that's Christ speaking, not me. It's yeah. Christ speaking to us even today. Sure. What are we doing to cloth the naked, to feed the hungry, to visit the sick? Yeah. What are we doing here and elsewhere? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's really where the guarant our guarantee of heaven comes from. Because we are told that's, that's how the, we will be separated. Yeah. Those who have done nothing will be on one side and those who have done that will be guaranteed of heaven. Yeah. yeah. And that brings us so well on to you know there's loads of the emerging generation listening to this podcast right now. And we want to know, you're saying, what can we do? What are we doing to clothe the naked, to feed people, to help, to do what we are called to do biblically? Um, how do you think young people can engage more in your work in Rwanda? Um, and what you're doing, how can they be more aware of that? How can they advocate for, um, yeah, your country, your people? Yeah, well, <coughs> there is what young people can do now uh -huh. because they're young. There is what young people can do in the future when they're no longer young. Okay, go for it. <laughs> so what young people can actually do now is the... Yeah, unfortunately, young people at the moment have... They don't have the resources to commit into the work that we do. They might be, they could raise money, they could do all that, but they don't have that of their own. But they can advocate, they can stand up for what is right. Yeah. They can push for better policies. They can be activists for change. Yeah. And that's very important for them because they're going to live in that future. They're the people who are going to live from disaster, from one climate disaster to another climate, climate yeah. disaster. So they need to do something right now uh, for here and for the rest of the world. They've got to stand up for those who cannot speak out yeah. for themselves or who are not here to actually say, uh, you really need to slow down on this because it's affecting us downstream. Yeah. Yeah. And... They're, of course, they won't be young forever. They will, be, they will get into work, they will grow, and they, but they need to begin now when they're still yeah. young. They will have that energy and they will take it into the future and they will be even better persons in the future. Amen. In their own future. And you're right, they do have a voice. They can be yes. advocates. They also, do you know, there's a bit of a coffee culture in the yes. UK. I say if you can afford to go out for a coffee, you can still afford yes. to give to the work Absolutely. that is going on. And you're right, as they grow, come professionals get into whether that's politics, business, whatever it looks like for them, yeah. that is when they can even more um, start to give. But you're so true. The voice, the way they can advocate, the way that although they don't see what's going on downstream, we can hear about it yeah. through the incredible work you're doing. Yeah. They can speak up for change yeah. for that. Amazing. And you know, it, it doesn't take a, it, it's not necessarily a lot of, about a lot of money. Uh -huh. It's a lot of people. 
Amen. Giving, giving little money that they have, but a lot of them giving out to support the work that is being done yeah. all over the place and, and standing up for that work yeah. and speaking out for that work yeah. and, and championing yeah. a better world. So true. So there's that Mother Teresa quote, isn't it, where it says, um, oh, it's only a little drop in the ocean, but the ocean is made of lots of little drops, isn't yes, it? Absolutely. And that's where we're coming yeah. from. Love that. So if you had one message for the incredible community, for young people from you, Emmanuel, what would you say to them? What's the one message you want young people, the emerging generation, to hear? This is your world. <laughs> Make it a better place now and for yourselves for the, in the future. Wow. Yeah. I love that. That's like a mic drop moment. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Could you please pray for the young people that are listening to this? Absolutely. That would be amazing. Thank you. Yeah, let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you. Lord, we thank you for the gift of children who become young people, who become, who are your hands and legs, who are out there serving you with all they've got. Lord, in, this, in the modern economy, they don't have so much that they can use, but we thank you because you, you, give, them, you give them the energy, you give them the, the mental energy, the, the physical energy, and all that they use to your service, O oh Lord. So we pray that you will bless them. Bless the young people in this country and across the globe, O oh Lord, who, are, who stand up for those who cannot stand up for themselves, who speak out for those who cannot speak for themselves. So, Father, we pray that as they serve you, as they love you, God, may they be blessed to know that this is their world today that you have created for them, and it will be their world in the future if they keep it. Thank you for your faithful and wonderful God. Always, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Emmanuel, it's been a pleasure to have you with us. May God bless you, fill him with your Holy Spirit, your time here with us this week. But as you go back to your beloved Rwanda. Thank you. God bless you too. Thank you. Thank you and thank you for what you do. Thanks. We love it. So a couple of our interviews coming out um, in our summer time are just with the country directors. And I think it's just been really interesting and important to hear like their stories of what they're doing. Because um, although we are TFL like works UK facing, and we work with young people in the UK, like we want to make sure that we're always connecting in with our wider work um, in TFL with working in 50 nations to go where the need is greatest. Um, so yeah, I thought what Emmanuel shared about the context of Rwanda and just, you know, I never knew it was like um, plastic free. And yeah, also just his ideas on development was really interesting. But Enough about me. Adam, what did you first think? Yeah, and I like, again, like, yeah, Miranda's a country that a lot of people know about from one event that wasn't particularly good. There were the Rwandan um, genocide. So, like, I think it's good to get a, a wider view of, of Rwanda as well mm. um, and it not just be this kind of Rwanda, oh, well, you think about that. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. So I thought it was, yeah, I'd love to talk to more uh, country directors of it. Yeah, let's do it. And I like how he defined development. I believe development is helping a person move from one stage of life into another one or change the way they live into a different way, a better way to live. Um, or helping a poor person become wealthier than they were before. And yeah, I think 
you know, development is holistic, so it's not just about, like, how they're doing economically, but it does obviously come into it um, and being able to lift yourself out of poverty. So that was uh, really important. And I actually studied international development at university, and our very first lecture was, what even is development? No one could define it. So I think the fact that Manuel just, like, straight up had an answer is just really helpful to hear. I think it's so broad, isn't it, like... Because even, yeah, like you're saying, like you can't narrow it just to economic things. So it's really tricky, I think, yeah, to define. But doing it that broadly, that's just like, you know, we help people, that, uh, yeah, just move from one stage to the other. And I guess that, like long-term support as well, like yeah. being able to identify root causes and seeing change. And I thought also what was really good was what you said about capitalism and how like originally it was about investing and getting returns in your investment but it's now just like with the context of greed that it's like become such a big problem. And I think that's where, you know, investment in itself isn't a problem. It's when our sin and greed comes into it. There's the issue. And I think it's, I don't know, it just always reminds me like we're always in that wall between like what is of the world and like what is of the kingdom and like how they both come in. And we do need to call it out as sin, like capitalism has changed and there is greed um, and that is sinful. And that is like the product of people looking out for themselves and organisations as well. Um so yeah, but I think that's again like looking back at my echo chamber, my echo chamber right now is like, screw yeah. capitalism, yeah. it needs to be yeah. taken down. And actually it's like, okay, but what was it that made it so bad? Yeah, like that bit of, you know, just investing money and getting a return isn't necessarily a bad thing. There's so many, you know, you can invest your money in in things that, you know, in development things, in, mm. in green energy, in lots of things like that, that where they need funds because that's how our, our, our world works they need some money to be able to invest and do these things yeah. um and that having that return gives people the incentive to want to do it so yeah i didn't think it's it's necessarily a bad idea but it also yeah i think i guess like the problem with capitalism we have today is that you can do it for anything so you can do it for you can you can invest in things that are harming people you can invest in you know guns and you can invest in smoking and all these kinds of things mm. you know that um as regulators maybe they should be and you know, you're you're it's fueled by greed but also that greed is fueling other issues in our world as well so yeah i think you know all, all the people i follow on twitter and things you know are uh all for reforming capitalism and that mm. there's no way of getting out of the climate crisis if we just keep doing you know capitalism is how we've done it but i don't necessarily think that you know there's there's no way of, of capitalism working in and there's no way you know some people would say you know you can't be christian and capitalist but i don't think that's you know it's about coming together and and working out how mm. how we yeah, reform things like that to, mm. to make them work for everybody. Yeah, and I think the good thing is, like, our faith, like, Jesus always wanted to restore and reform, mm. and, like, sometimes he would challenge leaders, sometimes he would work with, like, building people power, sometimes he would, you know, be in the temple just tearing it down and being like, this is not what I intended. But I think he just had loads of different strategies, so I think it's, like, asking God what, like, what are you asking us to do, like, in a UK context, or what are you asking us to do in another context, and bringing faith into it. Because otherwise I think the world will be like, that's too far gone, you can't. And God might be like, actually, this is my restoration plan. And I don't think I've really asked him enough like about that. Mm. But I think, yeah, it's just that faith lens of like, we're on the side of restoration, not on the side of saying things are just broken and that's it. Yeah. And we could always do an Ask an Expert series. So yeah. 
Well, honestly, we're here for you guys, but you need to talk back. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've really enjoyed this, and I'm going to pop in some links again in episode bio of um, our work in Rwanda, and also how you can yeah support um, the work of Tier Fund in general, but also our own links, and how you can get more in touch with Emmanuel and what he's doing. So yeah, we've really enjoyed this episode. We will be back again soon, um, but I hope you guys have a great week. Bye. Bye. Bye.